0: You've heard of the Law of Attraction. You've likely even tried some of the old-school manifestation techniques. Why, after saying hundreds of positive affirmations and constantly attempting to get into some high-vibe state, does it feel like nothing is shifting? It's likely because you aren't manifesting from your unique energetic alignment. Want to find out how you can manifest more consistently and effectively? Take the short, fun, and informative quiz that we created And learn how to understand and utilize your energy to create abundance in your business. Go to www.manifestationquiz.com and take the quiz today. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, my friends, welcome back to the Creative Soulpreneur podcast. I have with me a fairly new friend, actually. We're new friends and fast friends. And <laughs> this is somebody who I share so much in common with. We have similar and yet completely different audiences and businesses, but there's a big connection. There's like this big Tissue connection. Tissue connection? There's a connection. Energetic. Let's go there. Energetic. Connection between us. Jessica, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Nick. Um, Really happy to be here. So good to connect again and and have a chat. We always have really good discussions when we we are there together. So thank you.
0: So you're new to my crew. Uh, Mm -hmm. So give a little taste for us. Let us know a bit about what it is you do, who you serve, and how you do that?
1: Sure. So as you may have picked up already with my accent, um, I live in Australia, that big country down under, and I, but I work globally. I actually have a lot of US clients. And what I do, I guess I call myself a bit the niche specialist. Um, I really help service-based entrepreneurs who they're either into coaching or providing creative professional services online. I help them absolutely nail their niche and then to build the rest of that business strategy that's below the surface um, for them. So their service offering, their brand and messaging and the marketing sales system that obviously brings in those clients. And for me, it's not just about bringing in the clients and making money. It's actually about creating the business that works for them in their life. I am one hundred percent all about less work, more life i 'm like why are we in business we 're not in business just to work, work, work all day, like we live in a beautiful place. who knows what 's going to happen tomorrow let 's enjoy life today so that 's a big part of what i 'm about is let 's make it easier you know bring in the right clients that that pay you properly that mean that you don 't have to work fifty hours a week. You can work twenty or ten if you want and you know, just be more fulfilled because you love them and, you know, all about the online business with the tech as well. So that's not really a nutshell. That was it in a really long, <laughs> a long so, message. Hey, I, that, love it. Okay, I, I,
0: I love it. And I will say this, that is so non-American of you. You're like, I just want to work less in this beautiful environment. We're like, work, 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 work. I love <laughs> that. I love that that perspective. And it is true. We We do live that work, work, work life here, but majority of us want to work less want to work more efficiently and effectively. Yeah. Touched on something that I want to go to right away, which was talking about niche. Mm -hmm. Why is defining your niche so important for a creative? Because before you even answer that, I'm going to speak for the audience (laughs) who's like, but I like all the things I do. I'm passionate about this and I'm passionate (laughs) about that. And I'm good at this and I love that. And I want to do it all.
1: Yeah. I totally get it. So I guess it the reason why I'm so passionate about this and why i really zeroed in on it is because I've spent my professional career working in marketing, in the creative space. I've done it all, marketing comms, events, um, you know, all of the things, the online, the offline. And working with those companies, you know, I really noticed what was the difference in the ones that saw astronomical growth and the ones that were like, you know, doing okay, plodding along, you know, we did good stuff, but you weren't seeing like huge changes and leaps in growth. And I noticed that especially the last company I worked for, because I came in at the beginning, I started the marketing department, we were very, very specifically niched on exactly who that ideal customer was, what we were about, what we weren't about, ignoring huge parts of the market, we're like, we don't care. We don't want them. We want these people. And this is why, because they're the ones that are going to be more profitable for us. They're the best fit. They already want what we've got. And our sales team would say to us, wow, this is incredible. I literally pick up the phone to someone I've never spoken to before. They already know who we are and they already want to buy from us before we're even talking. So it's literally just having the conversation of, okay, how does this work? How do we sign up? You know, where do we do it? Sign on the dotted line, away they go. So the sales team were really happy and it wasn't actually that hard to do. So that company, um, when I started, obviously pure startup, it got listed within the first year and then it was a billion dollar company within five years and one wow, of the top wow. 100 in Australia. <laughs> so wow. it's like, this does actually work. And then, you know, testing it in my own businesses. And now with my clients, again and again and again, I'm like, if you nail this first, I call it the first key. Like I've got a kind of a five keys framework that I tend to use for the business. Everybody has these five things. It's just like how well-defined is it? Like you all have a niche, whether or not you think you do. You do. You have one. Just it may not be as well-defined. It might not be as specific as you need to be able to stand out because while you're not specific and defined, you're kind of like this hazy, fuzzy, you know, (laughs) fuzzy thing. That's like, you know, we're looking through the fog. So you're there in the market, but it's hard to really see you. It's hard for someone to connect with you because they don't quite get it. And they're like, well, what is it that they really do? There's this whole list of things or I'm not really sure if they're talking to me because you're probably trying to talk to lots of people. So there's so much that goes into it when you're trying to incorporate a lot of your skills that means it's hard for people to really see your true value and when you can kind of you put the, your stake in the ground I like to think of it like that like you define it you say this is it this is the thing that I'm best at doesn't mean it's all you do this is just this is what I'm saying and what I'm projecting out to the world that this is my my thing this is you know, my zone of genius and what I can really do for you, then people really can start to connect with you. And I find that when you can bring them in with that, you can still offer other stuff behind the scenes. I tend to say to my clients, don't try to do too much because you're just making hard work for yourself. Why would you do that? You know, make it easy. The more aligned you can be, you can be offering a similar thing and just offering it in different ways or at different levels of intensity without having to go broad and wider, which actually creates more back-end process, more customization, more management, and all the stuff you're not getting paid for. So <laughs> I tend to be like, let's go up and narrow and, you know, find different ways to provide the same thing and provide deeper or higher value as opposed to more things.
0: I feel like there's many layers of niche, right? Yes. There is the – what you first started talking about with with the the, the company – was that they were very, very specific on who they were serving. Mm. And that is a layer of niche in itself. Beyond what you do or offer, knowing exactly who you serve is in itself the start of a niche.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your niche is not just the market. It's not just what you do. I kind of think of it as a three parts, three things that we combine together like a Venn diagram. And then you want to get that bit in the middle, right? So, what it is that you're doing is one part of it. Who it is that you're doing that for, that's another part. And then the third one is really what is your special way of doing that? Because even when you've got those first two, there can still be generalization in there. But when you're applying like what it is about it that you do it, what's your way of doing it? What's that that different approach that you might have? That really helps you to stand apart. But when you can combine those, it means that you're really speaking to exactly the right person. So you're not just saying, hey, I'd write copy and I'm really good at writing copy for web pages or sales pages, you know, if you're going to go really specific. That's fine. But who are you writing these pages for? Because there's a difference in what they're looking for, what they're going to be interested in about you and how you're speaking to them about it. So it's really important to incorporate in the who, that that comp- like the company, the business, the person, whatever it is, if it's B2B or B2C.
0: And so if you're a creative business person Mm -hmm. and you're, say, struggling to figure out what that niche is, like, Mm -hmm. I do all these things and I'm trying to make it all come together and I'm not sure how to do that. And well, what would you say is the biggest mistake that you most often see?
1: Mm, Good one. Um, There are a few, I think. One of the biggest mistakes is I see almost like a service list, like I'm going to list all the things that I could possibly offer and have a price list for it, and then like almost send it out to the clients and say, you know, if you pick and choose what you want from me. Well, that's treating yourself like an employee. That's basically saying, here are all my skills, and you can hire me to do any of them. That's fine. It's, like, it's not like you can't make money doing that. You absolutely can, but you're not going to be seen as the specialist, which means that you're not able to then – Really, lead the way with your pricing and what you're getting paid for it because they're going to compare okay, well, I could get that from you for this much, then I can go to someone else and get that for this much. they're really going to be price comparisons in it, whereas when you don't do that, when you say this is what I offer and i I'm the expert at this, so I know how to package it and put it together you've created a service offering that's not just the thing per hour or you know how many words in a blog or something like that like you've actually you've defined, you're working with me, this is how we're going to work, then you're leading the way and and your pricing becomes something that's very hard to compare with other people because you've put together your way of doing this offering. Is that making sense?
0: It does. And I love, what I love about that too, is that's on your terms, because I think one of the things that creatives most are afraid of is mm. that they'll limit themselves and yes. that they won't be able to fully express themselves or they won't be able to do it in their way whereas what you're actually saying is that by doing this you get to hold the strings you get to call the shots you get to be the one that is making it happen ultimately
1: yeah exactly and this is a great thing when you start looking at it that way you, you might say well are there any things on your service list right now that you're not really in love with that are Low priced and a bit of a drag to do. They're not making you a lot of money. Maybe you're doing them because clients have asked you to do them before, so then you've added them to the list. Maybe you're doing them because. You've done them for so long and you think, oh, well, you know, for example, um, people who have designed websites think I need to provide hosting. Like, why do you need to? You don't need to. You just can tell your clients, hey, these are the hosting providers I recommend. You go and sort that out. You do not need to become a help desk. Oh, my God. Could there be anything worse for a designer than sitting there answering tech like oh my you know i've got my website's not working or whatever like yes you can go in and fix it but why would you want to you know this is the thing i like work with heaps of website designers on this and i'm like guys you can keep doing that but that's not where you're making your money so i don't know why you're wasting your time on it like i feel very school. called out
0: right now i feel very seen <laughs> i feel very seen because i have a tendency and my, my, this is for all of you in the audience my all of my students to listen to right now i have a tendency to if somebody asks me to do something, because there's that part of me that you know that that wounded child version of me, right? <laughs> like wants yeah. to do the best and wants to be there for everyone. So somebody will ask me to do something, and I have to remind myself to say no. Just because I can do something doesn't yeah. mean I should. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I'm because <laughs> I'm a multi-passionate, multi-hyphenate, creative, mm. multi-talented human being, I do get asked for asks for lots of various different things. And mm-hmm. I've had to over time learn a big word. The big word was no. Yeah. It's a very short word, but it's a very <laughs> big word.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think this is, you know, it's partly this is very natural. A lot of a, a lot of people do this and because often if you've come from a job you know, you get asked to do something by your boss. You say, yeah, sure, I can do that. You know, even things that are, you know, outside the scope of your role, you're often thinking, yeah, I'll take that on and I'll figure it out. And you've got that real mindset about I'm going to serve and do the best job I can because you would get rewarded for it, right? But this is your business, you're no longer an employee. And yes, you can do things. Guess what, you can make money by baking some cookies and going selling them down at the market. If you want to, like you can do anything you want to make money, you don't have to do all the stuff that people are asking of you. So if you define what it is that you do, you go, this is what I'm doing. It's okay to say to someone, well, you know, no, I don't do that part. Or, you know, if I'm a designer, I don't write the copy. You don't have to write the copy if that's not what you want to do. You can say, "Yeah, I've got a copywriter I work with, or here are some I recommend. You can choose what it is, and I you know it's really about when you step into that space where you're owning it, you start to bring the power and you start to attract people to you because they can see it, they can feel it, and you become the specialist.
0: yeah, that's really key because a friend of mine said to me a while back I was going through this a bit, and a friend of mine you know, said, gosh, Nick, it's really, really amazing that you can make money on demand. How fabulous is that? But why don't you step into your power? (laughs) And I had to really sit with that for a moment, right? Because I think there's a fear in some people that if I let go, then I won't make any money. But the Mm. reality is you'll likely make more. Am I right?
1: A hundred percent. Yes. We've had, I've had so many experiences of people So this might be an example that I think a lot of people might feel is um, relevant to them. You know, website designer was also offering some marketing and graphic design, so doing some brochure work and all sorts of things, website, branding. You know, we started working together. I was like, right, what is it that you really love? Like, what do you want to do out of all these things that you currently offer? She said, I really love to design websites, but it's really about the brand that I create, that I bring into the website. So we created this really specific Niche for her that was about communicating your brand through a website design. So she'd help with what is the essence of this business, and then design them a beautiful website. And she, I said, right, well, who are the clients that you're working with now that are not fitting into this? And you know, how do you feel about them? And she's like, oh, there's one that's just an absolute drag. Like they never get back to me. Um, I'm not making any money on it because of the amount of, of men's that I've done on their brochures and things. And like, well, this is up to you to decide, but you don't have to say yes to that anymore. And she basically fired her client <laughs> and she wrote back to me about a day or two later and said, I've just signed up two new clients exactly for the brand and website. And that happened because she fired that client and she created the space that allowed in the new. And this happens, that's one example. This has happened time and time again. Like you get rid of the stuff that's holding you back. The things that you actually are not aligned to that you're just doing because you have been doing it or because people ask you to and just create that space to allow in what it is that you really want.
0: And then you become more attractive, right? You begin to attract magnetically Hmm. rather than with push or force, would you say?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And think about, you know, on so many levels, if you've got client testimonials and someone else is looking, if they're seeing something that's relevant to them, a business that's relevant, they're more likely to buy. Whereas if you've just got this, you know, huge, big portfolio of all sorts of things, you know, they're kind of going, oh, I'm not really sure what this person's all about, what their business, what are they really best at? And I used to love asking that question when I was back in my corporate days. I'd have agencies come in to me, you know, pitching for work and they'd, try to start with this huge presentation of, you know, this is our process and these are all the things that we do. And I'd kind of stop them usually a few minutes in and say, guys, okay, let's just get right to the chase. What is it that you would win an award for? That's all I want to know. I don't want to know about all the other stuff that you do. I just want to know what you would win an award for. What is your thing? And it would stump a lot of them (laughs) because they'd be like, but we want to answer the thing that you actually want. We don't want to cut off our foot and say it's something else and that's not what you're really wanting. And it was a really tricky question for them because I could tell that they were just there trying to make a sale. And I'm like, I don't want to work with someone just because you want me as a client. I want to work with the best. I want to work with the one who is a specialist in that area. And (laughs) so we wouldn't start a relationship unless they could specify it for me. And I'd be like, okay, well, that is something I need. Let's continue talking now.
0: Mm. I like that question. (laughs) That really, that's a really great question. What would you win an award for? What could you win an award for? Mm. Like, what what is it that people would say, ah, that's them. That's what they're known for. That's what they're Mm. about. And because you're so multi-hyphenate, passionate creatives, uh, you're going to love that. You're going to love what you do and get rid of the rest. Ultimately, it's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. It's letting go Of the things that aren't really serving you anymore. They may be things from your past. Because I found this too. That Mm -hmm. I was still holding on to. Like I was holding on to it. Because at some point in my life. It was the thing. You know what I mean? And I had to like like get it out of my claw. Out of my hand. And say oh. (laughs) It's not actually for you to do this anymore. This is for somebody else. To take off the mantle.
1: And there's been some examples, I've got two stories that are coming to mind of clients who have initially battled with the niching, you know, they came to me because they knew they were struggling, they'd been struggling for years to define it. One of them, she knew deep down what she really wanted to do, but she had no confidence. And so she initially was gravitating towards the thing that she'd been working on most in her professional life. So she had the most skills in but it wasn't her soul. (laughs) Her heart was not in it. Like she could talk on it. She was like, you know, I've got lots to give, but when she thought about it and it actually took her a few months, she initially thought this is the direction I want to go because I figured out what I'm best at. You know, that thing that I'd win an award for, (laughs) interestingly, it was award writing, but anyway, (laughs) um, she kind of went down that path and then she realized this isn't feeling exciting. Like I'm not getting the tingle in my cheeks. I'm, you know, There was a lot of stuff about it that she didn't love. And so we had another chat and I was like, okay, so just tell me what is the thing that you would absolutely love to walk in your door right now? And she said, oh, I'd love to do brand voice um, strategy because she was a writer. And I said, so if just forget about whether you think someone would buy it or not, if you knew that that was going to be 100% successful for you, how do you feel about it? You know, try that on for a minute. And she just was like, it's just feeling so good. Like she was beaming the energy, the happiness was coming out. And I'm like, you've found the one. Is this the dress? (laughs) It's like trying on the, you know, the dress. Is this the the one? Because you know when it's the one. You know when it's not quite the one. You're like, this one could work, you know. But when it's the one, you just know it, right? You know it inside. And that for her then has become instantly, she got a client. As soon as she decided it, she got a client for that project. And she's now doing that. And she has other people coming to her for other stuff and she's like, Well, I can pick and choose if I want to take on anything else. Oh, I love that. I have to. I mm. love
0: that. I get to pick and choose. Again, mm-hmm. you're you're in the driver's seat then rather than it just being like this blanket. Yes. What I heard in there too was process. But it's mm-hmm. not like you pick the niche and you're done. Right. For some people maybe it is, but for for those of us that are creative, sometimes it takes a bit of time to like yeah, so you got to wear it. You got to try it's, it on.
1: You do. You got to go shopping.
0: <laughs> you got to wear that dress, right? Is try it, it on. Is See the, how it is is blue dress yeah. or like which one really? I, I look good in all of the dresses. Hello. I <laughs> great in all the dresses. Of
1: course you do. You could do any of them. You you Jessica would look great in all the dresses. I'm not sure I can pull
0: off a dress. (laughs) Even in even in these modern modern times, I don't see myself in a dress. But you know, you could, I could. But my point being, maybe it's the red dress, maybe it's the green, maybe it's the yellow. You might actually look good in all of them. But which one feels? Yes. Like which one makes
1: you feel like a million dollars inside? Exactly. Yeah because that's the one that matters because just think about the difference in how you're feeling when you're having those conversations to people when this is like this is the thing that you love to do you know inside that you're great at it you know that you can change their world life business whatever it is that you're helping them with you know how powerful it is then that's what's coming through you know it it's just such a change and like you say you're leading like you're taking the lead you're not waiting for someone else to tell you what they want <laughs> and you serving which is just a job you know it's a very different place and it's why i think it's so important because once you've nailed that then when you're looking at your service offerings you're actually designing your service offering in this space and as a specialist and again it's not about how do I price it so anyone who wants this would be able to say yes or be able to afford it? It's like, no, you choose your level based on who you want to work with. You know, Do you want to work with people who have abundant money? They don't mind, you know, the price isn't an issue for them. Or do you want to have something, you know, sometimes it might be um, a more volume based, but usually services, if you're doing the work, you're in, this is a premium offering because it's you, it's your time. You know, you can't multiply you. Um, so you need to be thinking it's not about making it affordable for everybody. This is about me pitching my service at the level that's going to attract in the type of client I want to work with mm. and who's the right fit for me. And usually that's not the bottom basement price. Otherwise, you're treating yourself a bit like Walmart. and um, It's what you guys shop with over there. We have Still Kmart. Yeah, same thing. What? What's <laughs> you know, Kmart? Oh,
0: Kmart. Yes, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, and you can do that. But, you know, look at how those businesses work is volume. So the only way price ever works is where it's like high volume, high volume. And it, that's not going to take your time to reduce the more volume, which nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100, that is not a service based business. That is a product. So, you know, we've got to stop treating services like products. They're actually not. Oh, say that again. Say
0: that again. <laughs>
1: Stop treating your service like a product.
0: <laughs> that is really good because I see that a lot. Mm. And in okay. the early days of my business, I did that as well. Quite mm. a bit. I absolutely did.
1: I think it's easy to do because we're surrounded by it. We're all consumers, right? So we're surrounded by product-based uh, marketing. And a big one, like Friday, the Cyber Monday, that whole weekend. It's like, this is okay, all the product businesses are like, we're doing these sales. And then I see service-based businesses kind of going, oh, like maybe I should be doing a sale. And they're, they're jumping in that space. I'm like, guys, you are not a product. Like you're actually giving your time and you're now devaluing what it is that you offer by giving a discount on something that is going to take you the same amount of energy as it would normally at your normal rate. Why would you be doing that? know i really think we've got to look a bit long and hard at what is the strategy that you're putting around it and and start to be it's okay that i don't do that you know stop discounting before you've even made the sale like
0: Mm. yeah another one to say again for the (laughs) (laughs)
1: background all all the
0: truth bombs that i that's tweetable
1: tweetable (laughs) (laughs) it's only because i like so often i'm like please please don't do that again like you know they'll go oh we'll get on a call and they already are discounting before they've even said their price and i'm like why are you doing that yeah you haven't even said anything they haven't even (laughs) said anything about it yet and you're not even expensive at all like look at other people out there in your space you know think we've really got to kind of start to stand by ourselves and stand by what it is that we offer and the fact that someone wants something we actually often perceive it to be of higher value when there is a better price tag on it when yeah. there's a when there's a higher price tag we perceive it as better quality so you might actually be losing clients from charging too low and this is it's a whole weird balance we could do a whole right? podcast just
0: on that so we totally could because i'm like oh we can go down this road but that's <laughs> <laughs> But okay. it's
1: about the niche because it's like when you know your niche, you're defining exactly who you want to work with. You price so that it's it's in line with them so that there's an alignment there. If you're too low for who that target client is, they're going to not see you as the right person to choose. If you're, well, not usually too, most people are normally charging low, less than what they should. But again, if you're kind of too high, again, that that's not going to be something that they'll align with. But I'd say most people you probably need to be looking are you too low actually for the type of client that you're trying to attract?
0: It yeah comes. in general, I have found that if you're too high, the market course corrects yeah, but if you're if you're too low, you're getting taken advantage of
1: yeah, and you're probably attracting the wrong sort of clients so if you're attracting people who are you know a bit of hard work, maybe they're not they're not the ones that you're loving to connect with um, and they're not they're not um you know maybe they're not committed. So if someone doesn't pay enough for something, guess what? They don't have enough skin in the game. So they're not getting back to you. They're not responding. They're not turning up to meetings. They're delaying things. They, you know, if, you, if you're doing designs and waiting for feedback, they're probably, it's not a high priority because they haven't invested enough in it. There's no skin in the game. And you know straight away if that's happening to you, then your pricing is too low.
0: Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Indeed. So let's say you have got your niche you know, some people say you nailed your niche. I always say you've aligned your niche because yes. it's in alignment. With it is alignment.
1: People, mm-hmm.
0: with you, your ideal soulmate customer with your product or service, you're all in alignment. Let's say you've got all that. How do you attract? How, how do you bring people into your business without having to rely on spending a lot of money on ads or referrals (laughs) or like, how do you, how do you draw in people? Mm. What, what advice do you have on that?
1: I love this question because this is exactly why I talk so much about the niche because it is the first key to being able to attract people. When you're kind of unclear, that's when You're just taking referrals from people who already know you, have already experienced, um, you know, working with you, maybe people in the network. And often they don't really know exactly who they should send to you either. So referrals can be a real, um, I like to think of them as if you get it right, they're the icing on the cake because it's something that, you, you know, you don't have to do anything for. But if that's all that you're getting, you're probably not working with your ideal client Uh, much you're probably customizing a lot because you're getting all sorts of random referrals coming in from other people so anyway you asked the question about how do you actually attract well firstly that niche and actually then being able to communicate it out so when you talked about alignment I was like oh you're just speaking my language it's exactly what I talk about it's not about having all these different things so when I said before I had five parts of a like your core marketing strategy your niche your pricing like your service offering Your brand and messaging, your marketing system, your sales system, they all, you probably have them all in the business, but if they're not aligned, that's why it's not working. So it's the alignment that's actually really key. And like you said, the actual alignment to you as well, because you want to have the niche that works for you. You want to have the service offering that brings in the money that's making you what you want and the hours you want to work. You then branding the messaging needs to align with that customer. It needs to be able to communicate clearly what it is that you do for them so there's like that alignment there and with your marketing and sales of course this is a journey so if you've got anything that's like missing a step missing in that journey you have got a broken journey it stops the flow so what i see some people doing is they're either doing everything at the top of the funnel like they're kind of getting out there and building an audience but then there's no way to bring them through Or they're doing everything at the bottom and thinking, why is no one finding me? It's like, because you're not doing anything to to let new people find you. And there's a real break in that flow. It doesn't have to be complicated. Like, you could have a flow that's like three steps. It doesn't matter. You can get really complicated with it. But I think, let's make life easy. Let's make business easy. (laughs) Don't worry about all those funnel maps with all of the different pieces in it. You don't need all of that. (laughs) Like simplify it down and think am I doing something so new people can find me and discover me am I doing something to bring them in to my audience so they are taking a step to follow me or subscribe or something that they're now connected and then how can I now get them onto my email list or a lead really taking that next step so you define what the steps are for your business but make sure that they're connected and you're doing something that connects each one so part of that answer to the question is. A lot of it actually comes. I have clients who work on the niche and the service offering, the messaging. They're just doing whatever they're already doing. They haven't focused much on their marketing and sales, but they're starting to get clients and they're going to me, oh, I have, I'm not, I need to do some more activity. I'm like, you're busy because you've got the clients coming to you. And it's just simply because you got clear and defined about what it is that you do. So you're already mm-hmm. filling your books because you don't need a lot when you offer a service. You don't usually need many, like a handful of clients at most, Right not like you need high volume you don't need to be running like ads to high volume if you only need a couple of clients you just think what's the best easiest fastest way for me to get those one or two that i really want Um,
0: the aligned ideal soulmate client
1: exactly yeah and so sometimes i think where people are struggling is that they're again following Methods that weren't designed for that style of business. They're designed for a volume-based, maybe product-based business, where they need the volume because they're selling a low-cost item, where they're not making much. So they need to sell lots of them to make the profit. Whereas if you're selling a higher-ticket service, you only need a, a few people. Like you can figure out what it is, your monthly revenue, how many clients do I need to make up that number. Well, you you don't need the same strategy as them. You can do something far more low key, but a lot more aligned. You're really only needing to reach out to those people who are right for you. There's a lot of different ways we can do it. And I think again, I could probably talk for for hours and hours talking about the marketing strategy and, you know, all the different activities you can do. And I think that I just want to leave you with another thing is there is no one right way. There's no one right way to have an audience, to build it, to do it. It's like what do you actually like doing? Do you like talking? Do you like writing? Do you like, you know, chatting with people? Like find the thing that you like that because that's what's going to work for you best. You can always learn something else, but it's like stop chasing some method, some magical magic potion out there that's like someone else is like, this is what I do. And it's, you know, and then expect that it'll work the same for you because if it's not the thing that really aligns with you, it's not going to work for you. And their business is not your business. So
0: I started laughing only because I was about to say the exact same thing. So (laughs) these last two, we've been completely in true alignment here because we're finishing each other's sentences. You actually took what I said and you expanded on it in such a beautiful way. And I know for certain that there are people in my audience who need your services desperately. I'm calling you out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How well,
0: can we reach you to, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: to do that? Awesome. Well, if they would like to just come and even do a free training, um, I have a bit of a deep dive on these five things, a bit more explanation, obviously, than what we've been able to go into today on really what they are and, and how that works, um, what that alignment looks like. So it's called Five Keys to Clients on Tap. <laughs> you can join it now. It's on my website um, at jessicaosbourne.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go slash TMF for The Magnetic Formula, then you'll get to straight to the page where you can sign up, but you'll find it. We'll make I'll sure to put you that link.
0: in the show notes so that they can yeah. click right
1: on. Yeah, exactly. And I, where do I hang out? Well, I'm on Instagram probably most of the time. I started dabbling in things like TikTok, um, but I'm definitely not as good as you are at the moment, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you're all over it. And I'm like, I'm in there, I'm out. And oh, there's, there's a lot happening. But um, <laughs> I'm actually just, today, I'm, I'm in my house, but I'm normally, well, no, I'm not going to say normally. Today is the first day of about 250 days that we're caravanning around Australia, um, taking my business on the road. So I'm really doing the less work, more life, Business lifestyle balance is going to be 100% <laughs> in balance for me for the next eight months or so. Yeah, it's really exciting. So, I'm going to be sharing a bit of that on my Instagram and my stories, and probably a little bit on TikTok as well. So, I
0: can't wait to see that. That's really, really, really exciting. And, congratulations yeah. on that journey. That's that's pretty incredible. And, I'm only on the tick, not only one of the reasons I'm on the TikToks, one of the reasons I'm all over the Instagram is. You know, I teach manifesting the story, so you can't manifest anything if you're not actually out there doing it and yeah. story is a big part of my niche, right, and so consequently, sharing the stories. Is really really important to my brand, and that's part of the reason I'm there so much. So you know, it's not just that I have hours and hours of time to spend. No,
1: I think that I'm not. Um, I'm not connected to that many people on TikTok. So when I go on it, I see lots of you. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it.
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <lots>. <laughs> Oh, that's no, so fine. good. Well, congratulations so good. on your travels. That is,
1: Thank you.
0: I'm really excited to watch this journey and get a little peek into yeah. Australia in a way that um, I wouldn't otherwise. So
1: yes, well, I set up the Starlink this morning. I bought Elon Musk's um, satellite thing, internet thing, whatever it was, and um, managed to drop the modem as <laughs> I was setting it. Oh, like literally the first moment half an hour that I've had it I've already um dropped (laughs) the modem but anyway my husband won't let me forget about that I don't think so I'm going to have to come up with some good comeback about it but yes I'm going to be online high speed internet apparently all the way around Australia and we're going to some pretty remote places we'll be camping in some national parks where there's I don't know if there's facilities. That's why we have a caravan with a toilet and a shower in it. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm probably going to be very brown, a lot of outdoor living. But yes, we're going to be exploring this enormous country by going around the outside of it.
0: (laughs) That's really amazing. Thank you. Thank you for being here today and sharing all of your marketing knowledge, wisdom, know-how, really diving into niche and um, sharing you.
1: I thank really
0: you. And, Thanks uh, so
1: much for having me. It's been so such a pleasure and fun as always. So thank you.
0: As always. So be sure to go follow her on Instagram. Go follow Jessica on Instagram so you can follow not only these travels, but all of, she goes into deeper dive uh, on all of this on her Instagram, as well as uh, the link that we'll put in the show notes for you to click on and make sure to dm me and jessica your favorite moment from today or an aha a takeaway something that's been re- that will be really useful to you in your business mm-hmm. we appreciate you thank you so very much for spending your time with me and i'll see you on the next episode